She wants to take me down with all of her might. She snarls, she growls, but now I'm ready to put up a fight. I've been in therapy for a hundred years, and there's a piece that I finally found. I've let go of so many fears, and she is not gonna kick me around. I'm taming my inner critic. You're not welcome here Kick you out the door. Hi, I'm Judy Ray, and welcome to Wild Woman Wisdom. Well, I hope you're having success in taming your inner critic. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a pretty good job on mine today. My guest today, Gianna Viscontini, embodies what a wild woman really actually means to me. She is a board-certified behavioral analyst, a lifestyle design and leadership coach. She's an international speaker and the author of her new book entitled F-less. A Guide to Wild, Unencumbered Freedom. You heard me right. It's the F word that I can't say on the radio. And since the show airs both on the radio and as a podcast, I will refer to it as F this and F that. And by the way, if this was just a podcast, believe me, I would have no problem saying it, especially when it comes to the 10 Fs that Gianna guides women to examine and hopefully say, hopefully say F to that belief. Gianna, Welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, thanks so much for being here. I'm excited about your book. It's a blueprint for changing old beliefs, most of which, according to you, were probably not even ours to begin with. That right? That's absolutely right. Yeah, when I was starting the book, um, it really came from a journal entry uh, of me just waking up one day and thinking, I've been told these things my whole life and I don't want to do this anymore. And I realized, you know, I'm not a unique human. And if I was carrying all these things around, then we all must be carrying something around. That is true. So let's talk about the something that we've been carrying around. Now, I think there's probably a lot of these Fs that we've been given in our life, but you focused on 10. And since, you know, for the sake of time, I want to just jump right in here. You know, the, the folk, the 10 that you focused on in the book, uh, which are beliefs that women have been expected to live by for centuries, right? And and so can you list those for us? And then we'll dive into a few of them, uh, the ones that you find that most women tend to deal with first. Absolutely. Let's see if I can do it. And I've got the book right here and they're on the cover. So uh, there's always one I forget. Okay. Uh, I'll start with that one, Be Stifled, which is crazy. Um, Be Stifled, Be Small, Be Soft, Be Dependent, be chosen, be fixed, be everything, be sexy, but sweet. There are two more. Be the exception. Be the exception and be less. And be yes. Less. yes, 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 yes. Well, I, I, I'm wondering now, the book's been out for a while. What is the feedback that you're getting in terms of where do they start first? Do you, have you found that there are a few of them that people start with first or, or, or is it really, really up to the individual? I am overwhelmed by the feedback um, to start. The title was um, something that people, you know, publishers and marketing and PR folks told me would be a problem. Um, they told me nobody would want to buy the book. Um, <laughs> and that is the first thing that people start with and comment on and share And I just think that 
that starts with the rewilding of the modern woman um, is to say that word. I mean, I've been on podcasts where they say, you know, we don't really swear on <laughs> this podcast, <laughs> but we're going to today. And they get giggly and it's this like this wild, unencumbered um, feeling. And so people have been commenting on that. Um, I'm also surprised how many men are buying the book and how many men have reached out even before, you know, the second I announced the book, I was getting requests from male dominant, uh, male dominated industries asking for bulk orders. Could they pre-order? Would this make them a better boss? Would this make them a better husband and father? So I'm really, my heart is warmed um, and, and overwhelmed by the, the men uh, who are interested in the book. And from women, I just hear a big deep breath and just kind of letting it all go and, and receiving the permission to do so. And not only the the inspiration and the permission and the instigation, but also the how, Hmm. um, I think that that's really what makes this book very rich is the story and the, the stories and the rawness and the, the cursing and the laughter, but also the end of all the F chapters, there's work to do. Um, if you so choose. I like that. I thought that was really an important part of it. I, you know, I felt like when I was reading the book that you were actually talking to me. I love your style. I think it's great when a person writes like they speak. It's very personal. And it's the technique, I think, that really engages people. You know, I feel I felt comforted. Now, I am a self-proclaimed wild woman. So <laughs> a lot of this is like, oh, right. Somebody's finally calling this out. I love it. Uh, I, I want to say that um, you start with vulnerability. So let's talk about what you mean by that. Yes, I think that we talk about vulnerability. I'm really in the leadership space and the culture space. And I do lifestyle design coaching um, and everyone vulnerability has been a buzzword. Thanks to Brene Brown doing her amazing work. Yes. And, and I think self vulnerability is wildly underestimated and under discussed because it's really hard to be vulnerable with someone else unless we're vulnerable with ourselves first. What do I mean by that? It's Mm -hmm. reading the book or being triggered, you know, by someone or something or incurring any sort of uncomfortable feeling. And you, you feel yourself going down this rabbit hole or or getting upset or something coming up for you and you slam the door on it because it's uncomfortable and because it's scary and because it's anxiety provoking and it immediately becomes aversive and it's called experiential avoidance. We just run in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. And we're rewarded temporarily because then we don't have to to think about that. We don't (laughs) have to go there, right? However, experiential avoidance is shown to exacerbate or at least maintain psychological stress. And so even though we're not looking at it, it's still there. And I think I use this term in the book of just flinging open the, you know, messy junk drawers of our soul and just dumping it all out and looking at it. Um, I think that is where vulnerability starts and getting right with what is contained in those drawers and doing the work so that you can carry it out into the world and and you're protected and prepared because you're equipped with the understanding of it all. I love that line in the book. (laughs) Nice piece of writing. (laughs) And what a great visual. 
I mean, who doesn't have a junk drawer? And I think that's really, you know, I think you really hit on something really important there because we do tell ourselves stories and we do believe them a lot of the times. And when you get into that messy self, or as you say, the messy, beautiful, cracked, open self after you've done some of this work, what was your first F? What was the first one that you busted or hacked? Uh, I think it was the first one, be small. Um, you know, I, I am literally a small human, but um, I realized that I'd been heralded my whole life for for just being myself and, and speaking up, but I still hadn't ever taken it the full nine yards. Um, and I found myself backing up and making sure that what I was about to say or do is, is okay with everyone. Um, and this is speaking up. This is doing my best. This is taking up space. This is refusing to be interrupted. Um, this is really just holding court in a room. And while I could do it and I had the ability to do it, my environments at, at one time or another didn't support it. And so I woke up one day and I had had a discussion with my then husband over and over about the same issue. And I was basically told to just shut up and be happy and to just quiet down, right? Just go back to being quiet and accepting and soft and all these small things. And I just didn't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, and I woke up and I thought, why, why do I have to be different? I'm not, I'm not small. Um, I'm an East coast Italian. My voice is my superpower. Um, <laughs> don't silence me. Yeah. And, and it felt really good to challenge that. And it got me nice and angry and very focused and it allowed me to continue to pull the thread of what else is coming up. I can imagine there are women out there listening to this, shaking their heads. Yes, this is common. I, I know I was told that all my life, you know, as a child, my dad would go, take it down, take it down, take it down. <laughs> yes. Well, then, you know, when you look at a couple of these Fs, it's all really meant to control and to oppress and to minimize and to reduce. And I tell a lot of those supporting stories in the book. And as a behavior analyst, I think, why? And the answer is women are powerful beyond measure. Oh my God. Yes, we are. Yes. Yes, we are. And it's, it, it, it can be scary and it can be intimidating. And I think, um, <laughs> you, you were mentioning that you you keep hearing this buzzword toxic femininity lately. And well, I mean, everyone can have toxic energy, certainly, but I don't know that it's gender specific. It seems to be a knee jerk response to toxic masculinity, um, which is just a defense. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think the part of toxic masculinity is where these F's come from. Right. We don't raise little boys to question themselves like we raise little girls to question themselves. And so boys turn into men who cannot be challenged or questioned. And when they are challenged or questioned or where someone says, oh, I clearly disagree with that. Let's talk about it. It's so offensive and so intimidating and so threatening that they don't receive it, right? And then so women become passive aggressive and we do get kind of put in these glass boxes that I talk about in the book. Um, and now that we talk about toxic masculinity, I, I've noticed that We've segregated, I've noticed that men are starting to show up in one of two camps, the men that challenge and run at this and get defensive 
and say, let me explain this to you. You know, the, the mansplaining of well, oh, man. <laughs> the gaslighting and all of that is like, please tell me what my experience as a woman is like, uh, please correct my book. And then there's the camp of men that just say, well, it's not like for you. I would love to buy your book. And they just calmly kind of sit down to listen because they realize that they don't know what they're talking about. And that's a really odd feeling for them because we defer to them for everything. Mm-hmm. So when something comes along that they feel equipped to comment on, but they are told maybe just sit down and listen, it really does segregate men into, into those two camps. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think it can be really intimidating, threatening. And, and so I think toxic femininity is first of all, what even is that, but it's born out of that defensiveness. Um, and so I have written a lot about that lately as to what that might look like and where that might come from. Interesting. And I didn't mean to derail our conversation about the book, but that did seem to, 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 to come up and it is in, it, it is in the air these days, let's just say. So, you know, what's interesting about the book is you know, the first half of the book, you go over all of, all of this and where, where these, F's came from and and how how they came into play and there's many more than the ten that that you've listed, and then the second half of the book, which I really loved, is you give advice and exercises and prompts so that people can do the work, not just listen to it, not just read it, but actually do the work. And to me, that's the reason to buy the book. You may already feel the way that you feel and what you talk about in the first half of the book. But I'm going to guess that a lot of women have never taken the next step. That's what brought it home. And it made it like a book that you would have that you would go to, a go-to book. I I don't know if you think of it that way, but there's certain books that are go-to books that, you know, when you (laughs) need to be pumped up or you need to remember something. I see this book as being one of those books. It was absolutely designed that way. And I injected humor um, and story Mm -hmm. as much as I could because it is heavy. It is heavy content. You know, I've been in the psychology and, and counseling fields and behavior analysis, and I've been a coach for a really long time. And so I'm, I'm, I know what that's like to watch people go through that work and it's hard. And so the book is absolutely designed where if you read the intro and get to that first F, which is be small. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is heavy. And where is this coming from? And I'm doing the exercises and it's you just stop, right? Just stop and stay with be small and work on that. And, and where did that come from? And, and what is life going to be like for you if you continue along this path, right? And just stay with it and come back in six months to the book, right? Like do the work. Or if you go through the first couple and you think, no, I don't really have an issue with this or that, or I haven't really faced that, you know, thank goodness, but you get to F5, right? Um, or these beliefs along the way, you can flip right to it and do the work. This is really meant to be, I mean, I call it a guide to wild unencumbered freedom for a reason. It is meant to live with you. Well, that comes across. You you were successful in in your mission. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, I, I, I think I told you before we started the interview, I, I want to give this to every young woman in my life and, and some of the ones that aren't so young anymore that are still carrying around these beliefs that don't want to let them go, even in their seventies. Mm. It's like, what do you have to lose at that point? I mean, come on, you know, just. Right. <laughs> <laughs> my, my question there, you know, when people say I've been, I've believed this for so long, I've just, I've done this for so long. I don't know if I can change. And my question is, how is that working for you? And they get this, 
uh, oh no, <laughs> look, and they say, it's, it's not working for me. So they actually have longer learning history to look back on and say, this has literally never worked for me. The only thing it has done for me is kept me liked or acceptable by someone else's standards. And I don't really care about that anymore. No, I don't either. But I will have to say I wasn't 40 when I got to that point. I was still buying into a lot of that stuff. So, you know, it's never too early and it's never too late to read this F-less book. <laughs> I have so many other questions that I would like to delve into with you or just a conversations with you because you truly are a wild woman. And, you know, wild women sometimes get a bad rap. Mm. And, and that's why I always ask someone to define what they mean by wild woman, but you do that so well in your book. I don't have to ask you that question. I'm going to make people buy the book and read it. (laughs) (laughs) I won't give away. I won't give away anymore. I I will say I'm big on checking in with my feelings and my body and what feels good. And it feels really good to break out of those glass boxes um, that society or loved ones or really well-meaning folks have put me in and have put you in and other women in for so long and to be able to smash them open or, or gently just kind of open the door and walk through it. It feels, it's a refreshing feeling and I'm, I'm so grateful for it. Well, I'm grateful that I have you in my life now. I, I, that's the fun part about doing these podcasts. You meet some amazing, amazing people and you're on that list. Uh, so thank you so much, Gianna, for your time today and for writing this book which I believe is going to benefit many men and women. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, I'm Judy Ray, and that's my show for today. Please follow me on wildwomanwisdom.org. I love hearing from you, and you can learn more about what Gianna is up to at her website. That's giannabiscontini.com. That's G-I-A-N-N-A-B-I-S-C-O-N-T-I-N-I biscontini.com. I know you're going to find some things on her website that you're not going to find in her book. And if you are interested in hearing more of my podcasts, you can find them at wildwomanwisdom.org. And please follow me on social media. Have a great week. And if you're dealing with an inner critic, take my advice and kick them to the curb. I'm taming my inner critic. You have no power over me. I'm taming my inner critic, knowing my worth.